Next on BYU Sports Nation, is BYU basketball's NCAA tournament fate on the line tonight at Gonzaga? Hashtag at-large bid. The Big 12 gets what it wants. Trevor Maddich tells us what effect this has on the college football landscape and BYU's hopes of getting a Power 5 invite. Plus, a Kalani on campus you may not know yet. Kalani Purcell of BYU women's basketball joins us live. Beat the Zags. Choo-choo. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station Live and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I will wait to don this cap until tomorrow. And hopefully you still have your mustache when Ooh, I do it. Tomorrow. Thursday, January 14th. Game day, wherever and however you're game dialed day. in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton. Teamed up with the man whose mustache is most definitely on the line tonight, Jerem Jordan. <gasps> I, I would love to have this mustache for a lot longer. And Nate Austin was on the show yesterday, and I said, how long am I going to have this mustache given the fact that I'm going to keep it until the men's basketball team loses? And he said, probably a couple of weeks or a month. That's what he said. Hmm. If I recall correctly, maybe I'm just manipulating that answer. I can't remember. It was <laughs> a while though. We don't manipulate based... sound bites on this show. No, we don't, Robert and I. Let's see how quick Aaron Evans is. That's a complete miscalculation of what happened. Nice. He still got it. Nice. He still got it. Even though that guy has left, that sound bite has remained. <laughs> oh, by the way, it will live on an in infamy. I wore the same shirt that I wore to the Gonzaga game last year today. I looked it up. I was like, what shirt did I wear? I wore the same shirt. Okay, I'm not. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. I haven't watched it since. Okay, not. Wow, that's why you just smell horrible. You smell horrible. <laughs> we did not have a conversation, by the way, about Borfield, the plaid. More effect. like Borfield. I just felt the the plaid mojo apparently when I was uh, hey, in to, my closet. Welcome this morning. to the party, bro. It's been a while. It's yeah, been a while. Welcome to the party. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yesterday at the NCAA convention in San Antonio. The Division I Council adopted a proposal allowing FBS leagues with fewer than 12 members Boo. to hold a conference championship game as long as the conference plays a full round-robin regular season schedule, which the Big 12 does right now. Trevor Maddich will weigh in on that. That's, that's big news to a lot of BYU fans because, okay, there's not going to be expansion right now from the Big 12. Trust me, there will be expansion in college football. It's just a matter of when, but it's not going to be right now or soon. Men's Hoops at Gonzaga is mentioned tonight, 9 Eastern on ESPN2, The Deuce, and BYU Radio. More on that in a moment. The Women's Hoopsters also taking on Gonzaga, 9 Eastern in Provo tonight. Check it out on BYU TV. And after the fall season, BYU is ranked 10th in the Learfield Sports Directors Cup, which ranks athletic programs' entire departments. BYU was the top-ranked non-Power 5 team, which basically means BYU won the fall sports non-Power 5 National Championship. Now that on a less trolling note, that is very cool that BYU did so well in fall. Undefeated, number 10 among all the athletic departments. Fantastic stuff. BYU men's basketball, women's basketball, and volleyball have also yet to lose at home in the fall slash winter sports. Well then. Only women's sw- was it only women's swimming that lost twice? Twice. That's it. Women's swimming. What happened? It's like 57 you ruined and 2 the undefeated or something like that. Streak. <laughs> Cap it up, 
a little tighter. On that note, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag beat the Zags, which is exactly what BYU did last year. Probably the greatest road win in the history of BYU basketball, knocking off the number three team in the country when they had the nation's longest home win streak on their senior night. Jerem Jordan I remember in that. attendance. Exactly. I remember that. Nice. No, that was so lame. I take it back. I need to leave. That it was, was so the win that ultimately put BYU <laughs> in to last year's NCAA tournament as an 11 seed. Turned out they needed to win that game to get in the tourney. But will it take a similar result tonight to produce the same result for BYU this year? Which brings us to today's Twitter question. Does BYU need to beat Gonzaga tonight to get into the NCAA tournament? Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. At Curtis W. Larson, as an at-large, yes. If they don't win, they'll have to win the tournament in Vegas. That's a strong opinion. Use the hashtag BYUSN, weigh in. Yeah, I will tell you why I disagree with that wholeheartedly in just a bit. What about Anson Winder? He told us his opinion when we asked him straight up. Do the Cougars need to win at Gonzaga tonight to get in the NCAA tournament? Right now, I would say yes. Really? Yes. I I looked at the bracket today, and Joe Lenari doesn't have us in it at all. But I think this game is important, and BYU will need it um, late March. And if it if so happens it's not this game, then they definitely need it at home. It's January 14th. I just think it's way too early to say that at-large bid or the hopes for one lie on the result tonight. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's too early to declare if BYU loses tonight and they're a seven-point dog – in the kennel, uh, that it's over. No, it's not going to be over. BYU, the last two years, I had declared, oh, man, it's, it's over or it's close in similar situations around now. I'm not ready to, after losing to LMU and Pepperdine, you know, or those kind of lost Pacific. It's, it's just too early. 14 regular season games left. The pursuit of 26 wins is the target, okay? If BYU can get around the, into the 50s in RPI, what are they now? In the 70s, I think? 77, I think. 77. That's not great. BYU needs to get up into the 50s. If BYU can get to 26 wins, which means they, ha- they have 17 games left with three in Vegas, 14 plus three, and if they only lose three more, they would get 26 wins. That would be really good. Now you're talking about what TeamRankings.com says is, as of right now, an 86% chance to get into the NCAA tournament. 25 wins goes down to 51. So listen to this. RPIForecast.com has this thing called the RPI Wizard, and just for fun. The RPI Wizard, you shall not pass! I went in and plugged in what BYU's chances and RPI would be if they won 26 games. And? The RPI would be in the 30s. If they win 26 If they win games. 26. Okay, I think that BYU can lose tonight and still get in the NCAA tournament. Yes! Because you have St. Mary's and Gonzaga and a slew of other very winnable games in the West Coast Conference remaining. There's At a, home! At home! I still think BYU could, could lose the title game in Vegas and lose tonight and lose one other and still get in. Because generally my there's that weird because loss. That's 20, yes, that's 26 wins. And that's still getting to Tuesday night, probably against Gonzaga in Vegas. I do think BYU needs to finish second in the West Coast Conference, though. It's not a three-bid league. It's a one-and-a-half-bid league. It's two, according to Lenardi, right now. But I think in the end, it's going to be a one-and-a-half-bid league. We'll BYU see what 12 and 5 right now. So for the Cougars to get to 26 wins, they would need to go 14 likely 14-3. and three. 
in the back half of play. At the at the worst, fourteen and three. Now that's what's most likely, probably four or five losses. But this team and Dave Rose the last two seasons have been in similar situations where their backs have been up against the wall and they've gone on a crazy run. Eight of nine, nine of ten, that kind of thing. Into Vegas, got into Tuesday night, unfortunately lost. Now, what could change this whole thing is if BYU finally wins the conference tournament. Why can't they just finally win that conference tournament? Because they haven't won one since 2001. And this is the year where, one, BYU could win that. And two, this BYU team is more capable of beating Gonzaga and Spokane this year than last year. Oh, not even close. Not even close, right? And B- I think if BYU plays a good game tonight, they're better defensively. Those guards can get going. BYU didn't need a, an unbelievable game to win last year. Gonzaga shot the ball better than BYU did from the field. BYU was better on the boards. This Gonzaga team doesn't have By Kevin two, Pangos. They don't have Shemek Karnowski, who's out for the entire season. I still think it's going to be tough they to win there. They don't have Gary Bell Jr. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying BYU goes in there and, and blows them up by 10+. plus. I'm just saying I think that BYU can be competitive tonight for sure. Seven-point underdog are the Cougars. Ken Pomeroy, in his power rankings, if you will, has Gonzaga as the number 38 team against number 46 BYU. Okay. And he's giving BYU a 30% chance to win this game tonight. I actually like that. 30 is pretty high to me. Gonzaga has lost twice at home, by the way, this season. They hadn't lost at all until BYU went in there. This is year. the best regular season win available left on BYU's schedule because it's on the road. That said, the Cougars don't have to win tonight because it's January 14th and they have home games against St. Mary's and Gonzaga in February. Where you need to get it done. You, you, you I think to, that BYU either way probably has to get those wins. You could win tonight and lose at home, but you don't want to lose at home. You, you, you want to be able to do this because, like you said, it is the best available win left on BYU's schedule, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Gonzaga's 38th in the RPI right now. That would be BYU's first top 50 win in the RPI, and you would think that Gonzaga will stay in the top 50 by the end. St. Mary's, I don't think that's going to be uh, – I don't think they'll finish in the top 50. St. Mary's, to me, is a poser – because they haven't gotten that. They beat BYU, I know. But they have, they they've gone Stanford, a, too. They've gone out of the Bay Area one time, and they split that. I don't know how good they are on the road. They could lose a couple in conference, and all of a sudden it's like, you need to leave the Bay Area once in a while. They, stay, they don't leave California until February 4th against BYU. They played California? At, at LMU and at Pepperdine, right? And they lost to Pepperdine. LMU is terrible this year. BYU's terrible. at LMU and Pepperdine next week, by the way. Those games on BYU TV. But they lost at Pepperdine. So you have something there. They have two losses. Currently, I think, 50 or 51 in the RPI right now. BYU, when they get the Gales at home, it's going to be bonkers in the Marriott Center. And BYU is 1-4 in true road games. We were talking to Nate Austin about that yesterday and what the difference is when BYU plays on the road for whatever reason. The Cougars cannot get down by double digits in the first half. That's been the bane of their existence in these games against Colorado and Utah and Long Beach and St. Mary's and what was the, what was the other road game? BYU has struggled on the road. They cannot do that. They got down big against Harvard, which was neutral. Yeah, neutral even. Yeah, you, you can't dig yourself a hole. You look at last year, BYU started strong 11-2 and two in Spokane. That was the score out of the gate, 11-2. Tied at halftime, BYU's up 10 with 10 to go, up 8 with 3 minutes to go. So BYU put the pressure on Gonzaga. Never trailed in that game. Never trailed in that game, which is amazing. They can trail tonight and still be able to win, but 
I think that BYU can win the game tonight, but they can't have one of those struggles in the first half and dig themselves out situations. So how does BYU win tonight in terms of a key to victory? Nate Austin gave us his thoughts on getting a victory over the Zags yesterday. To me, rebounding is a um, is a good indicator of you know about, about effort and who's playing a little harder than the other team. And so I think if we if, if we you know out rebound them, I think we'll outscore them. Nate is definitely on to something there because listen to this: over the last two seasons, BYU is thirty one and two when they out rebound an opponent, and fourteen and zero when they out rebound an opponent on the road. How about that? And one of those fourteen wins on the road the last two years was at Gonzaga. BYU was plus two, but what kind of difference does that make? Couple extra shots. That's what. And in a tight game, which you'd think that tonight the the uh, line is seven for Gonzaga, that in a tight game those rebounds mean a lot. Watch they really that do. Second chance tonight. points. Shooters are open. If BYU's hitting threes, that's important. Gonzaga playing without their seven foot behemoth of a human, Shemek Karnowski, that should help the rebounding effort. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Do the Cougars need to beat Gonzaga tonight to get into the NCAA tournament? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Ryben3, yes, real talk. They need this and probably another WCC final appearance in Vegas. No quality road wins yet. That's a great point. You need, you need something, right? You need top 50 wins. You need road wins. BYU got that in the form of Gonzaga last year at Jackson Emory 04. Jackson Emory. Arguably, tonight is our biggest game of the year for both NCAA tournament and West Coast Conference championship purposes. Love the pressure. Seniors Kyle Collinsworth, Chase Fisher need to show up big tonight. For the West Coast Conference regular season championship, I absolutely agree that tonight is the game for BYU. Listen, they're 5-0. BYU is 4-1. BYU can be tied for first place tonight if they win. Up next on BYU Sports Nation... Timeout on basketball and back to college football. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what now for BYU after the Big 12 probably won't expand. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. And whenever you feel like it, Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tonight, BYU versus Gonzaga, the men in Spokane, the women in Provo. We've got it live on BYU TV. The women, uh, the battle, battle for number one. BYU's 4-1 in conference. Gonzaga's 5-0, and I believe. Uh, 9 Eastern time tonight on BYU TV. Spencer Linton on the call. Yeah, both sides, right? In WCC play, 5-0 and Gonzaga, 4-1 and BYU. On men and women. There you okay, go. there you go. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is our good friend, college football insider and expert at ESPN, Trevor Maddich. Trevor, welcome back to the program. College football is now over. What in the world are we supposed to do? Well, now we have to focus in on recruiting because there are three college football seasons, right? There's the regular season, there's spring football, and there's recruiting. So now it's recruiting, so it never ends. We must never allow a moment in our lives when college football does not consume at least part of our attention. And today is the end of the dead period, so it's, it's on full-court press, rumors of Jim Harbaugh sleeping over at a recruit's house, you know, all, all, this, all this fun stuff. But yesterday, big news uh, out of San Antonio with the NCAA and that proposal. What was your reaction to that Big 12 proposal vote yesterday? I was surprised that they allowed the Big 12 to have a conference championship game with only 10 teams because that allows them to kind of have their cake and eat it too, like other conferences don't have the opportunity to do. Right now, the Big 12 
television revenue and all their revenue that they share is only divided amongst 10 teams instead of as many as 14 in other conferences. If they have a national, or excuse me, a conference championship game, the projection is that'll bring in another 25 to 35 million dollars of revenue divided among 10 teams instead of as many as 14 in other conferences. And so I'm a little bit surprised that the other conferences via the NCAA allowed uh, this to go forward because it gives the Big 12 an advantage. But from a standpoint of BYU, uh, it's tough because now uh, whether or not they expand uh, will come down to what their financials are rather than NCAA mandate in order for them to have that 13th data point for the college football playoff committee because the playoff committee has made it clear that teams that play that extra game uh, do have an edge over teams that don't, which means Big 12 teams. And I, and I can see why, because you're exposed to losing, you're exposed to injury, you're exposed to another team that will be highly ranked, and the Big 12 hasn't had to have that exposure. Oklahoma President David Boren has unleashed his verbal distaste against the decision yesterday, saying that ultimately he wants the Longhorn Network gone so that the Big 12 could potentially have their own TV contract. He still feels like the conference is disadvantaged because they have less teams than any other conference and it kind of looks like Oklahoma, I don't know, maybe might bolt. Is that too crazy to say right now, Trevor? Oklahoma might bolt. They almost bolted in the last round of expansion. And I, I, I disagree with a couple of things there. I think that the, the fact that the Big 12 only has 10 teams helps teams like Oklahoma. Because if you start adding teams, you add competition. I mean, look at the SEC. They had Missouri, who won two of the last three SEC East championships. They had Texas A&M, who gave or excuse me, Alabama a black eye in Tuscaloosa a couple of years ago. The Pac-12 had Utah. Utah beats Oregon, and that knocked them out of what it appeared to be a berth in the Pac-12 championship game because Oregon beat Stanford. And so these new teams that are coming into these conferences are causing trouble for the traditional powers in those conferences at times. And so the Big 12 at the top, Oklahoma and TCU, Baylor, Texas, when they get back, it doesn't help them to have more competition that can knock them off from time to time. So I think 10 teams for them is a big advantage, not a disadvantage. The whole thing with the Longhorn Network, I think, could be worked out. But I think for Oklahoma, they haven't liked for a long, long time, I mean decades, Texas throwing their weight around. And I think that's a big part of the issue. Uh, Texas has been the big dog. Texas has the Longhorn Network. Uh, Texas had a certain attitude, and I don't think Oklahoma appreciated it. I think that's one of the reasons that they're, they're flirting, and they have flirted with the possibility that they might, they might bolt. And I don't think it would be in their interest to bolt. I think competitively they're best to stay right where they are. But I can see where they're a little bit chapped by their, their place in that conference. Yet they still have a basketball series with Texas, just saying. What does all of this mean for BYU in the short term, in your opinion, Trevor? Well, in the short term, it means they need to decide uh, if they want to stay independent or move into a smaller conference or sit around and wait and see what happens in any future expansion. The fact that the Big 12 doesn't have to expand to get a championship game doesn't mean that they won't. Uh, 
It may well be that as they negotiate with with television partners coming up, um, and that means you know when their contract is up, it's going to be a while before it is. But when it is up, they'll be talking to, to ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC. I mean, everybody will be in the in the running for it, and it may well be that they'll be asked to expand into some other markets. And the thing about BYU is that BYU would expand the Big 12's national footprint without expanding their geographical footprint. In other words, BYU is a, a, a true national program. You know, Texas Tech and, and Kansas State and other programs, they're good programs, but they don't have the national cachet that BYU does. So from a television network standpoint, you've got a, a draw for eyeballs in BYU that doesn't exist in that many uh, schools nationwide in terms of drawing interest from coast to coast and from north to south. And so that's an advantage for BYU. But in the short term, uh, I, I'm guessing that they'll, they'll wait around and see what happens uh, for the next round of expansion. I don't know that they'll want to get committed to a Power Five conference if, um, if there's still a possibility that the big Power Five schools might expand and a commitment to a group of five conference might keep BYU from going into that expansion. So there are a lot of complexities there. Um, and BYU in the short term, I think, needs to wait around and see how things shake out. BYU is still waiting on the rest of the coaching hire announces in terms of the assistance. Right now, Kalani Satake, the head guy, Ty Detmer, the offensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki, the defense coordinator, and Ed Lamb as an assistant head coach. How much of a concern is it that at this point BYU hasn't locked down all of those assistant coaches? It is okay. And the reason is they are better off taking their time to get it right than to get somebody locked in and for, to be able to tell recruits. One recruiting class is not going to make this program going forward or this coaching staff. And the only real reason to get it locked in immediately is, is to make sure you got recruiting squared away. Otherwise, it's important to get it right because long-term, you need the guys that are not just motivators and not just recruiters, but guys that are teachers. That's what made BYU great under Lavelle. He assembled a staff of coaches that were some of the best teachers I've ever seen in football. Now, I played there for four years and 12 years in the NFL. And some of the best teachers I ever was associated with at the coaching level were at BYU. Just our offensive line coaches, Roger French and Mel Olson. I, I played for some outstanding offensive line coaches in the NFL. Alex Gibbs, who uh, I was with the Colts. He went on to the Denver Broncos and won a bunch of Super Bowls there. Jim Hannafin with the Washington Redskins, one of the greatest offensive line coaches of his time. Guys like that, and I'll tell you that Roger French and Mel Olson were at that level with those guys in terms of teaching young men how to play the game and how to be young men, how to grow from a young man into a, into a grown man. And those are the kinds of guys that Coach Sataki will want to bring in. And you don't don't want to jump the gun because you feel the pressure of time. It's important to get it right. When uh, we have less than six months to fall camp, so we can certainly start speculating on that, and that's what we do. Let's say that Taysom Hill gets into camp and he goes, to, he stays at BYU, and he's healthy, and you have this quarterback battle. Who should start in the fall in your way too early quarterback projection for 2016? The interesting thing there is, you know, if he stays healthy, I think Taysom should. But the interesting thing is that that foot injury that he had is a severe thing, and it's, 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 he's been injured a couple of times now. And 
they can't count on him staying healthy. If they, if he does stay healthy, he'll be one of the best in the country, and he'll be a Heisman candidate. But the thing about Taysom is that he's not the pocket passer that Tanner Mangum is. And so if you build an offense around Taysom Hill and he gets hurt, then you've got to kind of rejigger your style to get Tanner in there if that's, your, if that's what you want to do. I think there's another opportunity here, and that is to get Bo Hodge into the mix. Bo Hodge is a mobile quarterback, and he is a much better passer than, than he gets credit for. And I think that he's much more similar to Taysom Hill than Tanner Mangum is. You've got a possibility here. If Mangum looks like he's healthy, excuse me, if, if, if Taysom Hill looks like he's healthy, You've got an opportunity to redshirt Tanner Mangum. Let Bo Hodge and Taysom compete for who will be the starter. And then, let's say it is Taysom. Then if he gets hurt, you've got a guy with a similar skill set and probably a better passing skill set in Bo Hodge that could come in and take over. And then you've got a competition going forward uh, with Tanner, uh, Tanner Mangum joining the fight in the following year, uh, having redshirted, and so he didn't burn that year. So I think that might be an interesting possibility for BYU. And that will depend, really, on what Taysom's health is. You know, if, if they feel like he can go into this season with an even chance of staying healthy, then I think, I think the Bo Hodge-Taysom Hill competition with a redshirt on Mangum would be an interesting possibility. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. While we're on the topic of way-too-early 2016 college football projections, who is your way-too-early national champion frontrunner for next year, Trevor? Well, I think the frontrunner is going to be Clemson, just because they've got the best football player or best quarterback, certainly, in college football coming back into Sean Watson. And they've got a lot of other people coming back as well. They'll have to rebuild uh, part of their defense, but they've got some good players coming up. Clemson's a good one. But some of the teams, I think, that, that are a bit under the radar, watch out for Baylor now. Baylor, is they, they were on their fourth quarterback late in the season, uh, who was a wide receiver. He wasn't even a quarterback. And yet they still managed to win 10 games and win their bowl game against North Carolina. Michigan is a team to watch out for. They've got 16 starters back. They won 10 games in their first year. And in the second year under their new head coach, Jim Harbaugh, you can expect a big jump. And as long as they can replace their quarterback, Jake Rudock, Michigan will be a team that will cause a lot of trouble. So I, I would look at some of those teams. LSU as well is really built for, this, for next year, not this year. And with Leonard Fournette coming back at running back, uh, LSU is a team that should really come into its own this next year. So those are some teams I'm looking for. If I had to pick one, it would be probably LSU because of the nature of the talent that they have coming back. Yeah, the easy pick certainly is Clemson. The last year at this time it was Ohio State. They didn't even make the playoff when all said nothing. That's the fun part of college football. Yet, when you look at the Heisman race, we could have a lot of the same dudes in New York. Do you have anyone outside of your way too early top three Heisman candidates in uh, McCaffrey, Fournette, and Watson. Do you have anyone outside uh, of those three in your three? Yeah, you know, Seth Russell, the quarterback for Baylor, uh, when he, at the time he got hurt, he was the number one quarterback in the nation in adjusted quarterback rating. In other words, the, your, your overall rating adjusted for the caliber of the defenses that you faced. And he remained number one in the nation, even though he was hurt for most of the year, and he finished number three. 
Well, he's a guy that's got the, the passing skills of the, the good passing quarterbacks that they've had there. Bryce Petty is the guy that he replaced. Bryce Petty went on to the NFL. But he's also got the running skills of an RG3. So all of a sudden, you've got the best of all worlds there. And if he's able to stay healthy, you'll have a guy that will put up monster numbers in an offense that's designed for that. And he'll have Baylor in the national championship picture all year long. So I think a dark horse to look for is Baylor's quarterback, Seth Russell. Clearly there is no offseason for Trevor Maddich when it uh, comes to talking college football. Well done, my friend. We appreciate the time. Appreciate it, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Another guy I thought of when we were talking about the Heisman Trophy candidates is Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma. you got to throw that guy on the list, right? Sure. Yeah, and absolutely. Taysom Hill? Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's see if Taysom's healthy before we declare, make any such that's, declarations. That's, that yeah. is the most important thing, wherever he's playing. I just hope for Taysom Hill that yeah. he can stay healthy. I was... Uh, I normally agree with a lot of what Trevor Maddich said, but he had some words like there'll be a, there could be a competition with Bo Hodge and Taysom Hill. I don't see any competition in, in that. I, I hope that Bo Hodge develops and becomes a capable backup. Should he need to start, you know, you don't want anyone to get hurt, but it, it happens, you know, as we've seen here. You want Tanner Mangum to stay healthy, and uh, I would I would hope that Tanner Mangum would be the backup to Taysom Hill if Taysom was the starter. Um, so that you can have, of your, course, that's going to be the case. Yes. So that you can have your best case scenario against a really tough schedule. You probably need both. Look at Baylor. Look at Ohio State. Look at a bunch of these schools that needed multiple quarterbacks to win. Coming up, we play big deal, no deal. The Cougars and their basketball team just one in four in true road games. Is it a big deal? Even Alabama needed two different starters. Welcome back to Studio B, sports friends Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcasting on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow and Saturday, 9 Eastern time, watch men's volleyball, the number one team in the country, take on 11th-ranked Stanford, the Cardinal in town from The Farm, 9 Eastern time Friday and Saturday on BYU TV. Why is it called The Farm, Jerem? Because originally uh, the campus was on a farm, I believe, is what I read on Wikipedia, which is for the people, by the people. <laughs> Knowledge brought to you by Jerem Jordan and, and Wikipedia. they continue to beg the people for money. Just give them three bucks. X. Whatever. Have Let's you re- given them three bucks? I will. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yesterday Unanimous. at the NCAA convention in San Antonio, the Division One Council adopted a proposal allowing FBS leagues with fewer than 12 members to hold a conference championship game as long as the conference plays a full round-robin schedule. Here's looking at you, Big 12. Cool story, bro. Men's Hoops is at Gonzaga tonight, 9 Eastern on ESPN2, The Deuce, and BYU Radio. More on that later. <laughs> or not. Yes, yes, indeed. There or will in be more. Big deal, no deal. Perhaps. Women's basketball hosting Gonzaga at 9 p.m. Eastern in Provo tonight. Huge game at the Marriott Center. You can play with puppy dogs and. On the concourse, free pizza. Yeah, free freshman pizza. night. Isn't mm-hmm. every night freshman night? Whatever. After Great promotions, actually. I like it. After the fall season, BYU is ranked 10th in the Learfield Sports Directors Cup, which ranks athletic programs' entire departments. BYU was the top ranked. Non-Power 5 team, congrats. 
Are you going to put on the blue goggles again? No, we did that okay. in an earlier segment, what we call the A block. What we will do is play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big Deal, No Deal. Bob Bowlesby keeps, quote, keeps us from being forced to expand comment. After the deregulation vote. I say this is a big deal. I wish it was no deal, but it is a big deal because the Big 12 is less likely to expand because they don't have to. If they were feeling more pressure to expand, then guess what? That ups BYU's chances, you would think, exponentially. Yeah, I don't see how it's not a big deal because BYU is in a desperate situation where they want to be badly in a in a Power Five, and it almost. It, I, yet I don't want to come off, uh, you know, at work for BYU, having gone to BYU as desperate. Please let us in. I don't want that vibe to be kind of the vibe from BYU. Yet that's kind of the need that BYU has to get into a Power Five. So definitely a big deal. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU 1-4 and in true road games. I say no deal because tonight is the road game for BYU in West Coast Conference play. The Cougars have lost against really good teams on the road. Colorado, Utah, St. Mary's. Long Beach State. It hasn't killed. Even Long Beach State is 95th in the RPI. That's not a bad loss according to the RPI. Right, but you don't want to lose to 95 in the RPI. However... If BYU wins tonight, that stat becomes absolutely irrelevant because they have a quality road win. It's uh, it's a big deal because it shows that BYU has struggled on the road, that there's a tendency here associated with BYU's road play. I hope that BYU snaps out of that tonight. I hope that they don't dig themselves too big a hole to try and come back out of it because we know that this BYU team is capable of playing well. They're fresh off a game where they scored 102. They did give up 92. So hopefully BYU can snap its road woes tonight. We're, we're not talking away from Provo. We're talking specifically road contests where that home student, that student body is at that game. And trust me, that student body is up for that game. Gonzaga doesn't have a football team. This is the Super Bowl tonight. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU is 21 out of the current bracket matrix. Beating the Zags does not compute in my matrix. That's what you said last year, that's, bracket matrix. That's right. We need to update uh, bracket matrix. no deal. It's January 14th, people. It is, yes, BYU's 21 out of bracket matrix, but there are still two months left in the regular season. Give BYU an opportunity. Give them an opportunity to play Gonzaga and St. Mary's at home and even play tonight on the road. We don't know what's going to happen, but BYU has a legitimate shot to get to 25 or 26 wins and get into the NCAA tournament as an at-large team. It's just too early to be freaking out about this Here's stuff. why it's a big deal. It speaks to what BYU has to do, which is quite the uphill climb. BYU doesn't have a lot of allowance for losses. In my opinion, BYU can lose no more than three between now and, what is it, March Conference 8th? is down. Conference Tuesday. is super yeah. down. So BYU has to win 14 of the next 17 at least, Seven of 10 opinion. at home to close out the season, though. Yes, but why, why, for the past two years, has BYU had to make this huge climb back? Why can't BYU get out in front of it so that we're not bubblicious all of January and February and into March? That, that's why it's a big deal. You're 21 out in Bracket Matrix. Bracket Matrix, not the leader. But Lenardi has BYU at least nine out. We don't know if BYU is 85th out or 9th out. We just it, know they're out. It's just too early. 
It's too early. They'll be ninth in if they win both the of those games whether, at home against St. Mary's and Gonzaga was whether and go 21, and three. The question was whether 21 out is a big deal or not. You don't think it's a big deal to be 21 out right On now? On January 14th? No. Okay. It's two months away from Selection Sunday. Number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU 10th in the Learfield Sports Director's Cup fall standings. Honestly, I believe this is a big deal because consistently winning at home across multiple programs should be congratulated and celebrated. This is a big deal for BYU to be this high in that Sports Director's Cup. Yeah, it's a big deal. The fall sports went undefeated to be uh, ranked 10th in that among all of the athletic programs in the country speaks to the strength of the athletic program. And I, I wish in these expansion conversations that the whole athletic program came up because BYU is perennially a top 30 program nationally in all the sports. And BYU fans appreciate that. And you and I call a lot of these other sports, right? And it's fun, and they do well, and, and it's cool. Unfortunately, football is the name of the game, though, when it comes to expansion, expansion ability. Number five. Big deal, no deal. Still no announcements on additions to BYU football coaching staff. No deal, because everything I'm hearing is recruiting is still going well, even though four coaches, only four coaches, are officially locked in. Recruiting, again, from what I've been hearing, is not being that greatly affected. So I say no deal. I'm with Trevor Maddich on this. I don't care. They take your time, figure it out. It's bigger than just one year. you got to line up the right guys for the future Decade or more, or a season or two, it, things change very quick. Uh, no, yeah, no deal. BYU went through a signing day in 2013 where they thought they had a good recruiting class and they didn't have an offensive staff set in place. No deal. Number six, big deal, no deal. The countdown is back. Countdown to the Wildcats. Two thirty-three. Oh, is are you? Wow, you, you didn't even voice it, Jerem. I numbered it with my fingers. Two, three, three. Wow, I, I know that our radio to, audience couldn't see that. You've resorted to sign language now? I told you I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I'm going to talk to HR and see if I can file a formal complaint against the countdown. <laughs> How many of you are with Jerem? Big deal, no deal, Does brought to you by Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. I don't know. Maybe you can, I don't know, get the people to rally together and change no, something? No, I'm still going to be a team player. I'm just going to pout in the corner. <laughs> Up next, the other really cool Kalani on campus in BYU joins us in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. And the Mustards. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you ever miss an episode of this show live, not to worry, my friends. Rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And if you want, you can download the BYU Radio app as well for uh, Android and iPhone. You can download any of the shows all the way back to Labor Day 2013. Check it out, the BYU Radio app. And you can listen to live games on that as well. Men's basketball tonight will be available. Men's volleyball, women's basketball, all of that. We have a special K from BYU Women's Basketball making her Studio B debut right now. Kalani Purcell of BYU Women's Hoops. Kalani, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Look at this shirt, by the way. It's Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars sweatshirt. This is legit, okay? Are, are, did you grow up a Star Wars fan? E, oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Any, like, fantasy kind of thing, like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Oh, Lord of, you and I are best friends. <laughs> oh, Here. my God. Star goodness. Wars and Lord of the Seriously. Rings. Seriously. Well, do you have to like Lord of the Rings if you're from New Zealand? I mean, no, I know a lot of people that don't like it. From New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's kind of weird to me, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to like every American film from the United States. I get it, but yeah. Um, how many times have you seen Star Wars? Uh, so far once, but hope things are going next week. Okay. I've seen it three times. Sp- Spencer? I have seen it twice. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. I am ahead of the curve, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, th- I think two times is pretty good. Awesome. <laughs> Kalani, on to more important questions. Like, who is the most popular Kalani on campus at BYU right now? Um, well... I don't know. <laughs> you can say yourself. I like to think myself. You should but... say yourself. It's yeah. a little weird having another Kalani on campus. It's kind of a different name. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. being in the SAB where, like, all they talk about is Coach Sataki. And so, like, I, like, just hear his name and think they're talking to me. So I'm, like, talking to people, but they're actually talking to other <laughs> about a different Kalani. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I am excited about this. Yeah, I know. Way through the year. I yeah. was like, um, our season already started, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. We've won four in a row. We're yeah. awesome. <laughs> I don't really care about recruiting. I'm yeah. Just trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to rebound and stuff. Yeah, that's funny. Um, do you know the other Kiwis on campus very well? Uh, yeah, and I like Johnny. Well, everyone calls him Johnny Football, I guess. And I know Jackson Kaka and mm-hmm. another rugby much. football player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I met Jackson. Yeah. Not, uh, so are there three in the athletic department? Uh, that yeah. That, well, yeah. There's us three, and I don't know if there's any others. There's oh, a lot of Australians. Yeah, but I don't. Really you get along with them, okay? Oh, we have an occasional fight every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> what has it been for you as uh, now a Division One college athlete, so far away from home in Provo, Utah? <laughs> different <laughs> i mean that's the best way i can explain it, i guess i don't know no it's cool it's just different what do you miss most about new zealand the food definitely give us an idea of what kind of food you're missing uh all of it I meat don't know. pies oh yeah d- d- one of the main things is meat pies what's a meat pie i don't, I don't know what a meat pie is. it's just like a pie with meat in it <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense I, b- I believe you're the reigning uh, West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it like to get that award on Monday? What did that mean? Uh, I mean, it was a surprise. I didn't know until my coach just randomly was like, oh, congrats, by the way. I was like, thanks. I'm not really sure what for, but thanks. <laughs> Wait, and do you get anything? You just get street cred, right? Yeah. There's nothing physical involved. No. A printout. No. Well, I mean, on the internet. A cake. A uh, trophy, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Okay. A high five <laughs> from my team. You, you also got the BYU Sports Nation Women's Basketball Player of the Week in the West Coast Conference from this show. We just gave we that. Just to announced that. We just, just announced now. that yes. right now. As of ten forty-seven and thirty-eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> We've even put up a graphic. Player of the Week. <laughs> yeah. Kalani Priscilla, of BYU Women's Basketball, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Your team has won ten of eleven four straight things are rolling right now you beat texas a&m to kind of get things really going and now you're in a good position to potentially compete for a west coast conference title Mm -hmm. so what has been the key to winning 10 out of the last 11 uh i think it's just been not trying to like force things like as a team try and work together you know everyone just play their role i think that's probably the one of the main things that we've been focusing on and you play Gonzaga tonight, a uh, big game against them. What have you been told about playing Gonzaga and what it takes to beat them? Uh, I've been told that they're, like, really physical and, like, they just try and make you, I don't know, get, like, get out of rhythm. So it should be interesting. should be fun. Do you welcome that battle? As oh, a, yeah, as a definitely. As a, 
on the physical side because I'm a physical person, like on the court. Don't tell my coaches that. That's why I get in foul trouble. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so like I'm really excited for that part of the game. You've played against St. Mary's, so you understand the physical type of play that does exist in the West Coast Conference. Mm-hmm. Tonight, more of the same, likely from Gonzaga. Jeff Judkins told us earlier this week, and he's told us a couple of times, <laughs> he wants you to shoot the ball more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is like every player's dream. Yeah. <laughs> right? Are you going to shoot the ball more, Kalani? Tonight? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not my usual game, but yeah, it's definitely one of my goals for tonight. Yeah, I've got you for, I'm doing some math on the fly here. I've got you for 9.4 shots per game. Can we get that up to 13 tonight? Four more shots? Tonight? Yeah. You're putting the pressure oh, yeah. on. Yeah. Putting the pressure on. <laughs> I, she's the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. She's averaging a double-double. This is okay, right? Right. Okay, right. so 11.6 boards per game is 10th in the country. What, uh, when did you decide that rebounding was going to be something important to you? <laughs> uh, I mean... I've always been like one of the biggest people on the court, so it's always been like a strength for me. But then when I came here and like I played against people who were bigger, I kind of took that a personal challenge against myself to beat them all at rebounding, which has worked so far. And when you say here, do you mean the United States, like when you went to the, the junior college and everything? Yeah. yeah. Or, or at BYU? Both. Both? Yeah. Okay. Who, or I should say, which teammate makes you laugh the most? The most? Yeah. I mean, they're all pretty funny together, but I think probably Alohi and Amanda are the f- funniest girls together. Alohi, Robert, she, see, Alohi is kind of quiet. Yeah. So is she like the big goofball in practice or what? Uh, I, she just does some like random, like the most random things and you just like, where did that just come from? <laughs> and I don't know. What kind of random stuff do they do? Uh, like Amanda would just like makes random, like it. For example, yesterday in practice, she was just, for some reason, quoting Spongebob and just making, like, the sounds that they make on Spongebob. Jerem loves that. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jerem loves that so much. People think that that's from Spongebob. It is not. <laughs> it is not. That's awesome. Um, is Lexi Eden, uh, right, Elch, is she as intense off the court as on the court? We've seen her in here, but uh, on the court, she can be pretty into it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she... No, off the court, she's really cool. She's really chill and stuff. But then on the court, it's like you don't want to get on her bad side when you're on the court. <laughs> no, I would not. Yeah. Kalani Purcell at BYU Women's Basketball on with us on BYU Sports Nation. They host Gonzaga tonight trying to get to 5-1 and one in WCC play. We have Coach Judkins on every week. We call it jamming with Juddy. We get a kick out of him. He's hilarious. What is your favorite Juddyism or the quote that, that he says the most to you in practice? Um, I don't know. He says a lot of stuff in practice. It's that's really uh, cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're picking the right word. That's yeah. <laughs> super weird. Uh, yeah. Cool. Like, like what? Um, oh, he said one yesterday, but I can't remember it. It's okay. so funny though, but I just can't remember it. Okay, when, when you, you remember? When you tell me tonight because I want to put it on the broadcast. <laughs> All right. Kalani Purcell, BYU Women's Basketball. Uh, a couple of things. We need you to sign our stretch Y flag with oh, this okay. silver Sharpie before you go. And also, are you aware of the BYU Sports Nation karma? Have you heard about this? No. Well, let us institute you then. What happens is when you come on the show, you play well in your next game. 
It's a really. it's a real it's thing. It's happened a lot. Ask Lexi Rydalch about it. She <laughs> okay. will tell you all about it. It's a real thing. Ask Mackenzie Morrison. Lexi thought that that meant shoot more this year. So that's helped the point per game average as well. Hey, she's yeah. six in the country. Yeah, 23.4, it's, man. It's working, man. It's working. <laughs> Take the karma. Go and succeed, my friend. All right. Okay, here you go. This. Yep, yes, right go there. and sign. Kalani Purcell of BYU Women's Basketball. The Cougars. On a drive for five straight wins, they take on Gonzaga tonight. That's a big game tonight. BYU TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. Last time they played, they beat them in Vegas. That they did. As a do, the men, seed. do the men need to win in Spokane tonight to get into the NCAA tournament as an at-large? BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let us whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU at Gonzaga tonight, 9 Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Bracket Matrix currently has BYU as the 21st team out of the NCAA tournament. Women's Basketball. BYU Women's Hoopsters hosting Gonzaga, also at 9 Eastern in Provo tonight. Check it out on BYU TV. Athletics. After the fall season, BYU is ranked 10th in the Learfield Sports Directors Cup, which ranks athletic programs' entire departments. BYU is the top-ranked non-Power 5 team. Football. Do your SpongeBob voice again. <laughs> yes. BYU football finishes ranked 37th. In the final CBS Sports College football rankings. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays tee off today in the Sony Open. Held in Honolulu. Ah. Back to you on the third hole. Okay. Future guests include Ben Patch. Yeah! And Blaine Fowler tomorrow, a Friday show. We recap the Zags, what happened for the men and the women we discuss. Well, you could say something about Ben. It's game day for Ben tomorrow. Dude, you as well. see his hair, man. Dude, it is legit. Friday's... He and I go to the same barber. He gets a very different haircut than I do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll cut the sides super short. The Ben Patch haircut. It's longer on top. Would it you, works for him. It, it wouldn't work for me. Are you sure? No, I'm not going to do something weird with my I hair on the show again. I'm going to put, I'm gonna put pressure on you tomorrow. We're going to get Ben. We're going to put pressure on you tomorrow to see if we can work you into another corner to do I'll something go, weird I'll with your hair. I'll go shorter than I normally do on the sides. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It's going to fall sports. Undefeated and number 10 in the Learfield Sports Directors Cup. It should be celebrated. That's about as as good as they can do. I mean, I mean, they could go further, maybe in those NCAA tournaments and whatnot. But winning conference championships, going undefeated at home—that's the goal every year, man. Our elite tweet of the day: Does BYU need to beat Gonzaga tonight to get into the NCAA tournament? At yfangirl underscore JB says the real question: Can we get into the tourney if Jerem doesn't have a mustache? Maybe, but let's not find out. Thanks to Trevor Maddich, Kalani Purcell, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. We're on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes for Jeremy. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brock Richner, who's in Spokane. We're back to work.